This episode is brought to you by Gusto. Gusto is the easy to use payroll and HR platform for the small business. So I hired my first W-2 employee last summer and immediately started using Gusto. It was simple. It makes sure that you check all of the compliance boxes when hiring, and you can even pay your subcontractors through it. If you're looking for a new payroll platform, you can use the link in the show notes to sign up and you'll receive $100 when you run your first payroll. This is Quirky HR, where we break down everything human resources, compliance, and all things employees, while infusing a little bit of foul language and a whole lot of humor. I'm your host, Dana Dowdell, and let's talk HR. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Quirky HR. We are going to talk about one of my favorite topics in the HR realm, which is training. And we are joined by an expert in the field. Um, Dawn Tedesco is here. She's the owner of Career Compliance Solutions. She has extensive experience in employee and management skills development and over 20 years of hospitality operations and HR management and training experience. So we truly are talking with an expert today. Don, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be talking to you. We just I just had the pleasure of meeting Dana this week, so or in the last few weeks. So yeah, um, I'm hope I'm quirky enough to be <laughs> on your podcast, but I guess we'll we'll find out. So. Well, I feel like training is a. We were talking before we hit record about how like companies will not invest any money in training or, I mean, really it's not always about the money. It's about investing the time in training. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. There's many companies aren't large enough, so to speak, to have a training budget. And so you, there are still ways that, that you can do it and training should very much still be a part of your culture and your environment. Um, and so I do work with companies sometimes, smaller to mid-sized companies that have that issue. How did you fall into the training realm? Yeah, I started, so I have a, over 20 years, you mentioned over 20 years experience in hospitality operations management. And I, like most HR managers, uh, sort of just fall into that, that role. And so the good part about it is that I had a lot of operations and employee relations experience when I became an HR manager towards the later part of my career. And um, I, I enjoyed the labor relations part of it. I do have a master's in labor relations from UNH New Haven. And uh, I basically transitioned into that role um, because of the employee relations background I had. And the part that I liked about my HR role was the training. And really, by far, it was my favorite piece. I didn't enjoy the admin piece at all. And I thought, boy, if I can do this training all the time, wouldn't that be great? And I had about 200 employees in um, healthcare in the hospitality departments of, of a hospital that I would train. Um, patient care mostly is what I enjoyed, the patient care and um, support services training. But we also did some compliance for like bloodborne pathogens, and we did 
we did the sexual harassment compliance training, things of that nature. Um, but I didn't want to be an instructor-led trainer live in a classroom all the time because it required a lot of travel. And so I said, if I can do this online, and really that was 2011 that I was just starting in in, in that. So so online training was still um, it hadn't really taken off as much yet, but it certainly has has been had been around. Uh, and so I went and got a certificate from um, University of California, Irvine, online to become a certified online instructor. And, and that's when I started building courses on my own. And I, I went to work as a permanent um, online trainer in 2015 for a software company in Connecticut. And I did a lot of video tutorials, micro-learning video tutorials. It wasn't compliance training at all, actually. And it wasn't business skills training, but I really learned about the development side in the software systems development side of, of building online training. And so really got some great experience. And then, um, yeah, it, I just from there, I, I in 2019, I went full time, February 2019, full time uh, for work for myself. So we haven't looked back. No. And it was February of 2019 that I jumped. So if I, uh, we know, you know, it, no, February, 20, February, I'm sorry, February of 2020 that I jumped. And uh, yeah, so if you can make it that year, you can make it any year. So. Yeah, you can survive anything at this point. Yeah. So it's been two full years, actually, this month, actually, That's awesome. today, to be honest with you. It was Congratulations. My employer. I just thought about that. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So I think when we think about training, it can often feel so big. Like that it has to be this formal system and formal platform and multiple days and you have to bring in an outside instructor and it doesn't always have to be like that, right? No, it, it doesn't. It, um, it can, it can be like that. And for larger companies with, you know, I talk to companies sometimes with 1500 employees and how am I supposed to get this done? And um, sometimes it, it is it is just that it is large and it is um, a big project and lots of times they'll train people in multiple stages um, virtually. Um, but for companies that don't have a budget, don't have a dedicated training person, don't even have an HR manager, how do you get this this stuff done? Um, and 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 uh, really it comes down to you know in smaller groups you've got to get your leadership no matter who they are to embrace it. And when you talk, well, let's give an example. When you talk about something like workplace workplace ethics, right? Um, it's really about describing your company culture. So, does it really need to be a formal program that you've paid thousands of dollars for? That um, you're going to hire even an attorney to come in and do a presentation? No, it's about the leaders of those companies, maybe even the founders, um, getting together and talking with their employees about their their culture in general. Um, their values, their behaviors that they expect. And um, that can be done in any any modality. It can be done during a, a Zoom session. It can be done in groups of 10. It can be done with the entire company in a, in a classroom. Uh, and so it's not, again, it, it, there has to be some time allowed for it, but it doesn't have to be a, a big production and something that's going to cost a lot of money. And you do want to think about how that gets delivered, right? The, the, the strategy around delivery of training has to be really thought out. 
Yeah, and I do think that the size of the company and the number of employees that you have to train it does make a difference in that. Um, you'll get a lot of people that say, well, classroom training and instructor-led with a live instructor is the only thing that works. It's the only thing that's engaging. Um, not exactly true, right? Not exactly true. What's the, the, the best part of training? Um, what's going to be the most effective is what you do before and after it. And so in whether that's an online uh, static online e-learning on-demand course or a big production where you're meeting in a classroom for a two days, you know, seminar type workshop type training. It's really comes down to um, what the delivery is before, what the message is sent. And then again, after what the follow-up is, is to it. So um, yeah. And then the the conversation with leadership and getting leadership on board. Um, I always use the, someone told me the quote, like the fish stinks from the head down. And so really it's, yeah. it's about leadership getting on board with what you're doing. So do you have any tips or recommendations on how to get their buy-in? Yeah, I always make, uh, especially in the area of compliance, I always make suggestions especially in compliance that is legally required, which, for example, would be sexual harassment uh, in, in seven states, uh, more states for public. And then some cybersecurity is, is um, legally required for public employers in a lot in many, many states. Um, I always make the recommendation of not advertising that, right? First of all, stop telling your employees it's the law. It's the law, and here's why you have to take it. We're really sorry about that. And that's really... A message that you would not believe how many employers um, say, right? Because it's boring. And you know what? It is boring. Um, but and there's a lot of boring pieces to it. But it um, you shouldn't be giving it to them because it's the law. And and leaders, right, uh, should have that buy-in too. They should leaders should be excited about talking about their company culture, period. Whether it's you know, the way you should behave. Uh, in, in a, a gender discrimination or a harassment situation, or um, whether it's about company values, they should be excited about talking about their own companies, whether they're CEOs or the owners or the founders, whatever it is. And so um, get them get them involved in it, um, get them involved in the follow-up. Um, it could be an email afterwards, uh, get, have, you know, small focus group discussions on it, and leaders need to be involved in those discussions. Um, and yeah, I mean, really it's, uh, if you have, you know, their buy-in, um, and it's about holding people accountable, right? It's more about more than the training. If, if leadership from the top down is putting in uh, place in the, you know, the, the standards for either discrimination or co- codes of conduct and what's going to happen if, um, those are violated, then, uh, people are going to really take it seriously. So funny your your comment about um, if if the leadership stands up and says that you have to do this training because it's the law. I have a client who every time we would do sexual harassment prevention training in person, he would stand up and talk about how much they've grown and how when they grow, he needs to make sure that he protects himself and that there's a target on his back. And so that's why we have to do the sexual harassment prevention training. And I finally got to the point where I was like, can you, can you not, not do that before we do the training? Um, 
And it, it does, it starts at the top to just really make sure that that messaging is appropriate for um, the workplace culture. Yeah, I do think it's important to, especially for leadership, to explain what could happen, right? What are the circumstances, even the economic, um, you know, the, the, the faults that they can have. And really, I mean, companies can lose uh, millions of dollars and really can suffer layoffs as a result of, you know, bad behavior of the way they, they've decided to run their company. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing to share. But I also don't think that that that's the reason that should be shared as to why it's being done. Um, it's more than just, you know, the bottom line. Absolutely. It's about keeping people safe at work. And if you're just talking about those things, like you said, and the law, then that's the message you're going to give. So, And that, I think, sets the value of the training. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, the post-training? Like, what are some good ways to measure ROI on things like on the compliance side of things, cybersecurity, ethics, sexual harassment? How do we measure that ROI and make a case for the training? Yeah, definitely tracking, right? Tracking and then communicating without, you you can still keep confidentiality about, you know, these issues, but communicating to your team about what's going on. You know, what kind of, I think that there's a big myth out there as to what sexual harassment really is. And you'll see a lot of these companies that post all these pictures of, you know, men touching women inappropriately. Um, and that's not sexual harassment. It is, but that's not what that's not what's happening. And so, you know, what's happening is more somebody saying something that they didn't realize somebody would take in a way that they did, right? So it's more sort of like de- deemed inappropriate type of thing. Um, and so it's really important that those those things are made made public, right? Not the people, but the situations of here's here's what's happening. I work for three different companies who have fired managers for what they've posted on their personal Facebook pages. And um, was it was it you know sexual harassment? Some of it. Was it more inappropriate? Yeah. I bet you that those people had no idea that they weren't supposed to be posting something like that and that they could get in trouble with their employer if they did. And they were terminated on first offense. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't uh, your hand slapped. They were terminated. So the, the important thing is, is that, you know, well after the training, which most training does address social media now and, you know, ways to be appropriate on it. Um, but the important thing is that the, the follow-up and, you know, in, in every case, it was never it was never said that this this happened, and that that case was that situation was never explained, even in the training that they did annually the year later, right? A year later, and these are three companies that went through went through this, and so this is that's not something that's uh, unpopular, right? It's happening all over the place. So it, yeah, definitely explaining um, your personal situations within your your workplace is very important. So it's about communicating the expectation through training, right? That's the, that's the value of the training and then holding people accountable to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'd like to say one is more important than the other. Um, but you know, they are, they are both important, but I do think that one without the other is, is hardly, is hardly going to work. Uh, if Mm. you're not holding people accountable, it doesn't Doesn't matter matter what you do. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that give that training because they have to. 
And then they have uh, a, a certificate in that person's file and said, okay, well, if we ever get in, in trouble or questioned about it, we trained our people. Okay. Right. We're doesn't just going to check the box. It doesn't always work that way. Yeah. It is a defense, but it's not a defense that, that always works. So we are in Connecticut, which has uh, sexual harassment prevention uh, training requirements. And I'm often getting clients who are like, how do I have to, is it something that I have to do every year? And the law is every 10 years. So what would be the argument for employers to offer these types of compliance trainings more frequently than just what is legally required? Sure. So first of all, setting it as an every year training in your organization is a good idea because it sort of it makes sure you're getting everybody covered, right? So if you've hired anybody, and actually in the state of Connecticut, the law is in six within six months of hire date, you need to you need to have them trained. But if you set it every year, then you, nobody's falling through the cracks, right? Everybody is definitely, even if it's all the same employees that are getting it again, it's the new employees are definitely getting it if you don't have a system in place to get them trained right, right when they're hired, right? So that, that would be one. Number two, I would say, if you're not going to change up uh, the training at all, then don't train them every year, right? It's, it's kind of a waste of time. Um, it's, and, and this is, unfortunately, uh, this is part of the, and I, I don't think 10 years is really appropriate, to be honest with you, but uh, California is every year and New York is also. Um, but uh, if, yeah, so if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna um, change it, then it's real. It's really not worth it. But it's like I said, we, we've already talked about holding people accountable. You've got to go back to what's happening in your workplace, and in the course of a year, a lot has changed in your workplace. And so, if you're not, if you're waiting every, doing it every once every ten years, there's no way to communicate that and what's going on in your workplace to your employees. And so, you know, that would be, um, I'd say, a bigger. Um, a bigger factor. But if you're you don't have the money to, then um, buy in uh, an instructor-led program online for two to three hundred dollars and take the pieces out of it that you think that would pertain and do a classroom training once a year. And that you know that'll be sufficient and incorporate what's going on in your workplace in that. And you're fine. And it doesn't have to be two hours. If you're, if you've already trained them for the two hour requirement, then you can do a refresh for one hour every year if you wanted to. So, and then the messaging becomes, this is important to our culture. Yeah. And the values that we hold as a company. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're, if you're definite and if you're changing it up every year, absolutely. And you'll find most companies that sell online programs do tell you they update the program every year for that reason, because they really, they want you to invest in it, you know, yearly, invest in your people yearly. And that's, what's really going to make the difference. So. And so you have a webinar that is free that helps people um, kind of strategize getting trained in sexual harassment, right? I do. I do. So I have a few webinars. I do them uh, quarterly and they're 20 minutes long and I record them. So if you can't make it, then you can always just sign up for the recording. But the last one was developing your strategies for getting your employees uh, trained in, in sexual harassment. And I did that because of the timing. And in 2020, it was the requirement became official in 
uh, everybody had to be, you know, retrained by, I think originally it was October of 2020, and they moved it back a few times. Uh, it ended up being May of 2021. But I, so I put that out there because um, if you needed to do the training yourself, how, how are you going to do that? And especially if you hadn't done it in the, in the past. And so that training really focuses on modalities, right? What, what is the best way for your size, type, budget, of your organization to get employees trained and what's going to be the most effective for the workforce that you have. And it was a good timing because we it was really the start of COVID that I released that and that everybody was starting to work from home, whether they were going to stay there or not. And that's why uh, in Connecticut, at least the date um, for requirement get, kept getting pushed back because employees were not in the office anymore. Well, you sort of had a hunt and and figure out a way to get them trained from home. So, so that that uh, webinar talks a lot about that and what what you can do and uh, to still meet the requirement and and get them trained effectively. And so, going forward, you could certainly use the same modality, but it really goes through all the different methods and the ways. So, if you don't have a clue of how to do it, what you should do going forward, that's a good webinar to watch. Yeah, sounds like a good place to start. So where can people connect with you um, if they are interested in learning more about what you do and training? Are you on LinkedIn? I'm on LinkedIn. Yep. You can look me up under Don Tedesco. My business is Career Compliance Solutions. You'd find that business page on LinkedIn too. Uh, my website, I do focus a lot on partnerships on my website also. So you'll see that there. Um, partnering with companies that if they uh, really associations, chambers, organizations that can um, sell the uh, training to their members and that they'll get a portion of that. So, um, and, and they don't have to worry about hosting it on a learning management system, which ends up being the biggest, um, the biggest factor that people have, tr- have problems with is that how am I going to implement it? And so, um, yeah, so you can find me um, on my website or on LinkedIn. And as always, we'll make sure all of that information, as well as a link to the free webinar is in the show notes. So get your people trained, focus on compliance. It doesn't have to be complicated and connect with Dawn on LinkedIn so that you can follow what she's doing. Dawn, thank you so much for being on the Quirky HR podcast. You were quirky. It's perfect. Good, good. I was afraid <laughs> I wasn't quirky enough. I guess I am. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.